0: We've only just Just begun. Welcome to the second episode of Pretty for a Black Girl. I am your host, Jasmine Reed Clark, and this is a mental health podcast where we get to heal and move forward together. Today we are getting into a word <laughs> that I didn't learn for a long time, Boundaries. Producer Jordan, Jamaican air horns, please. And I'd like to say boundaries are like, I don't know, the tough love part of self-care. It's not fun in theory, it damn sure isn't fun in execution, but you're low-key fucked without them. So. Let's move that bus! Oh, say, say it with me. Here we go. And specifically setting boundaries with black parents. But wait, Jazz, I don't have black parents. Cool, cool, cool. A lot of this is still going to apply. Or if not, I mean, at least you're going to have more sympathy for your BIPOC friends. And you'll hear in a moment why I am making this distinction, but those with nosy and or strict and or critical and or controlling parents can definitely relate. In today's episode, we're going to chat about what are boundaries, why are they important and necessary, my personal experience setting and enforcing boundaries with my parents, and finally, realistic tips and advice when setting boundaries with yours. So what is a boundary? Well, Boundaries are the line in the sand that we make with people, including family, as a form of self preservation. In layman's terms, boundaries are what help us respect ourselves when dealing with other people. They're there to protect our spirit, our sanity, and sometimes even our safety. When I was scripting out this episode, I noticed that I have a real natural aversion to the idea of boundaries, and I thought it would be worth exploring that in this episode. You know, I look at my husband, and that man is so confident and at home <laughs> with his boundaries. He doesn't waver. He doesn't doubt the boundaries he's set. You know, he doesn't even go back and forth on a word or, like, the word that he's made with himself. You know, which begs the question, uh, <laughs> what's my bullshit? <sighs> I think for me, boundaries, at first, feel so decided. Which, like, hello, that's the whole point, Right. But I admit that does scare me because I want to keep myself open and flexible for other people. This is the part where a therapist would definitely ask me, why, why do you want to keep yourself open and flexible for other people? Do I want to be liked? Yes. Do I want to be nice or, you know, at the very least be perceived as nice? Yes. But also I think life is so complicated. I want my light and my being to be a place that welcomes all baggage, accepts all bullshit, and loves all brokenness. I wanna make sure that I'm showing empathy for others at all times. But I mean, that's like high key the problem. I'm allowing my life to be a dumping ground for baggage. And who's gonna check that? I'm accepting all bullshit, when we only accept Visa and MasterCard around here, and I'm loving all of everyone's brokenness, I just feel like even Jesus himself would say, girl, you are doing too much. But I have to push and be honest with myself. Is showing others empathy worth the sacrifice of showing empathy to myself? And if it's hard with friends, you know boundaries with parents are 10 times more complicated. To my experience. So, obviously, when growing up in my house, we didn't have language like boundaries or self love or self preservation, and certainly a child's viewpoint or emotions weren't exactly a priority. So, I was very ignorant to the idea that households could be run like many democracies. And I'm sure some listeners are going to think, <laughs> boo my opinion didn't matter while under my parents' roof, and I turned out fine. Likely you're right. I mean, you're probably a high-functioning human of society. However, are you a thriving human in society? According to Dr. Allison Cook, who specializes in faith and psychology, when you have little to no boundaries with your parents, the following are the messages you are more likely to internalize you exist to fit my needs. You can't do it without me. Don't be like those other people. Do it the way I do it. It's selfish that you have your own dreams apart from our family. Don't trust yourself. You need me to rescue you. As someone who's internalized nearly all of those messages, I know firsthand the effects it has on romantic relationships, friendships, and big life decisions, including whether or not to rent a certain apartment or accepting a new job. I believe my codependency is likely a result of poor boundary setting at an early age. So why are we like this, right? In between growing up as one of the only black kids in a white town and being married to a white dude, I've seen just how stark some cultural differences are between the two communities. One thing that I've always found really fascinating is how white parents parent and how black parents parent. And, you know, disclaimer up front, this is not to say one group does parenting better than the other. I just think there are some core values that were just different for baby boomer parents. You know, as a teenager, it seemed like my friends, my white friends, could always get away with doing things like closing their door, having privacy, having options, having an opinion, telling their parents the word no. My parents had a very children-should-be-seen-and-not-heard approach to parenting. And while they absolutely provided emotionally, financially, um, my basic needs, but also with desires, I definitely had a relationship where I was to obey my parents, which, fair, (laughs) but I was never allowed to question them. I suppose I thought this relationship dynamic would dissipate or at least evolve after high school. Then I thought, maybe after college. Then I thought, maybe once I move out. Then I thought, maybe once I get married. Now I know it's up to me to define and enforce boundaries with my parents. And I also know through experience, that is easier said than done. Now, again, I think it's just really important to interject that I don't think parents, especially parents of color, try to overstep boundaries. I, ne- I don't think anybody is diabolical in the background thinking, ha! I'm going to completely fuck up her life and her mental health by completely bucking her boundaries. I don't know why. I just made my parents from the UK. They're not from the UK. Anyway, a couple of years back, I remember a therapist, she was white, giving me advice that would essentially tell me to tell my parents explicitly, hey, I am 20-something years old. I need my space. These are my boundaries, and you need to respect them if you want to be in my life. Now, listen do i think her advice was well-intentioned absolutely and do like real talk i think you like a white child could say that to a white parent and uh you know i think dialogue would ensue i think feelings would be shared you know there could be an exchange of words but i also think at the end of the day there's gonna be that disney hug like i like i just see danny tanner (laughs) like you're right T.J. And I want to be in your life. So you know what? I'm going to respect those boundaries. Would you mind telling me what they are again? And then DJ looks up. Sure, dad. I'd be happy to. All right, sport. Let's go. And then the audience claps and like, you know. But I guess my family's more like the Cosbys. Not even the Cosbys, like the like family matters so I just feel like if I tried to say that (laughs) to my mom I just wouldn't and you know to kind of like go back into that therapy session I remember like legit laughing out loud to this woman's face and being like yeah my mom's response would explicitly be I brought you into this world and I can take you out just as fast the hell you look like trying to tell me where I'm gonna be in your life you must have me confused with one of your little girlfriends. Like, point blank period, that is exactly how my mother would say it. So unlike some relationships, I think the relationship with my parents has seen its successes and failures, you know, definitely through some continued trial and error. But here are my top do's and don'ts when setting boundaries with Black parents. Do. Do. Take time to decide what role you want your parents to play or not play in your life. Now, I'm going to divorce myself of my own personal experience and just say that I know everyone listening. Some of you may have an incredible relationship with your parents and this episode is like, I what? Uh, and then some of you may not speak to your parents at all. Um, maybe one has moved on or you could be estranged. However, if you are in a relationship where they are in your life, you just want to figure out how to have a healthier dynamic. Maybe, you know, for me, it's, I just want to be seen more as an adult who can make my own decisions. You know, that's my BS in a box. But if your BS in a box is something else, I still think this can apply. So do take time to decide what role you want your parents to play or not play in your life. It's okay to realize that a relationship was previously unhealthy. And it's okay to conclude that you can only handle a person in small doses. I think that kind of have more of a spotlight on my personal life. For such a long time, and I really regret this, I think I resented that my relationship with my loved ones didn't necessarily look just like, you know, Danny Tanner and DJ. And I think now that I'm older, I can not only laugh about it and look back with a lot of empathy for both my parents, and I think just kind of like the boomer generation in general, I also think I'm at a place where I have the language and emotional intelligence and emotional maturity to look back on my childhood and see, kind of like laughing through the pain, but also realizing, okay, we are grown now and we can respectfully express ourselves And it's okay if you want to be BFFs with your mom and dad and admit that you, like, don't have a clue how to get from A to B. And I'm still working through this, and this definitely supersedes just, like, parental and maternal relationship, but I think even just relationships with friends. Like one of my big life epiphanies has been the relationship you have today is not necessarily the relationship you're going to have five years from now, 10 years from now, or even a year from now. And that's, that's scary, but also like really exciting. I can look back at friendships where maybe there was a falling out and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the narrative of our friendship and with conflict, I really thought that always meant, you know, like a tragic ending to a story and, you know, through experiences like friendships that have lasted a decade and through really being married, especially, or just staying with a company for three years, it has shown me that there are going to be those seasons that you and another person are solid and connected and you are going to go through seasons where it's going to take a lot of expressed effort to communicate connect and really build on top of what you already have. And I think that's no different with parents. Again, I can kind of look back and cringe, but I remember being in my early 20s and thinking like, oh, it's always going to be this way and really realizing I had a fixed mindset when it came to certain things I liked and didn't like about the relationship I had with different family members, not just parents, but even extended family And, you know, I definitely can look back and have empathy for like 22-year-old me. I didn't know certain things. Hello, I'm going to hopefully look back when I'm 40 and have empathy for 30-year-old me. But just know that if you have an idea of how you would like a relationship to look, it's not wishful thinking. I think it's all about having a really healthy blueprint and a healthy design to get from point A to point B. And do, (laughs) do accept that... And it's not going to happen overnight. And just know, even when you get to that point, there will be steps backward. I think at least who I am today, I could maybe disagree with this advice when I'm 40, but I think expectation setting and expecting that relationships aren't always and usually aren't like upward, like in my mind, I see a charge and it's, it just, it's like an elevator or an escalator. Yeah, maybe like an escalator. That's a better visual. Um, It's more like a maze. Or if you've seen that TikTok, where it's like... Like, that's kind of how relationships can be. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? And then I think, totally on a tangent, obviously. (laughs) Welcome to the show. The reason I think there is, like, a distinction between black and white parents is because... All right, I might be speaking out of term here, but from what I've observed and what I've seen, I think two big things. The first, I completely believe white parents have had access to resources related to mental health, parenting, um, and just new age philosophy that a lot of Black parents just don't have access to or exposure to. So because of that, I just sometimes have felt Almost like we, due to systemic oppression, are almost behind the curve a little bit. So it's like I feel like we're just now in our community having the empowerment to talk about things like mental health. But some things are just still so taboo, like medication, you know, being trans or being gay is still so taboo for us. Whereas I I feel like due to the resources, due to the exposure, due to like open dialogue and, and the psychological safety that comes with being privileged, white parents are kind of like, okay, we already know that we need to foster certain kind of dialogue in the home so that our children can grow up and not have certain Freudian related issues. And then the second thing is, I really in my soul believe the boundary setting is so hard with parents of color because we are just in our DNA in a different mindset of survival. And so boundaries can almost seem like this glass house that only certain people get to live in. And it's like, honey, I don't have time to think about a boundary. I'm trying to get food on the table and I'm trying to make sure my kid isn't, you know, assaulted when he leaves this house. So yeah, I'm going to enforce myself because I've already lived and I've already been exposed to what happens when you don't take this advice. And obviously I'm projecting here. That's sort of where I think my parents came from. I think it, not respecting boundaries is in a really twilight zone kind of way, the way a lot of immigrant parents or parents of color show love because they've been on the other side of what happens, perhaps if you don't have this boundary in place or if you don't follow this advice. So yeah, okay, you know, getting back on the bandwagon, getting back to my cute little list. When developing this plan, it's healthy to acknowledge, you know, the why behind your vision. For example, if you're craving emotional intimacy from a parent or a sibling, explore and put words behind the why. You know, perhaps you're thinking, okay, until I connect with ex parent or ex sibling or ex relative, I can't connect to who I am. Or just the opposite. I keep missing out on incredible women in my life because I'm a mama's boy and no one can compete with mama. So again, just put a little bit of words behind why you want to have the vision that you have in your mind. And and again, like, it's okay if it's like, fuck, I'm just tired of being in shitty fucking relationships. So I want to fix the relationship I have with my parents, or I feel like I have shitty friendships because of the relationships I have with my siblings. So next. Next. Do visualize what the relationship is going to look and feel like. You know, how often are you talking to this person? How often are you seeing this person? You know, do you have set times to talk? So, you know, when I got married, it was a huge transition for my parents, especially because I'm an only child. If my mom had it her way, we would talk like three times a day on the phone and I would respond to like every text she sends. And she sends a lot, a lot of like boomer memes, mom. Okay. Anyway, they're they're pretty funny. So whatever. A compromise we found some time ago was I can't remember which days, but I think we had two days a week where I would talk to her on the phone, but I would always respond to her like good morning texts, and I still keep up with the texting. I think we we kind of have just found our own rhythm with talking on the phone. And look, when I first presented this to my mom, she was like, what the fuck? I should be able to call you anytime I want. So again, I'm not trying. We definitely did not have the Danny Tanner DJ moment, but I did have to explain to her, hey, like, this is how our relationship affects other relationships, and here is how I need those other relationships to flourish. But I also think when telling her this, you know, this new idea of like, hey, I think, you know, this new system could work, I also had to acknowledge the feelings she had too, because there is another person on the other line of that boundary setting. Not that you owe them anything, because I I can already think of different scenarios where you don't owe somebody an explanation But in this case, I did feel like I owed my mom an explanation. And I would say like, I know you want to know that I'm safe. And I know you want to know what's going on in my life. I can give you those two things, but it's going to be healthiest for myself, my marriage, and honestly my productivity at work if I can tell you these things, you know, over the phone, during set times, after work. Because shout out to like other people whose parents call them like at 2 p.m. And I'm like, I have a job. But anyway, I digress. And then just saying like, but I also understand wanting to know your kid is safe. So yeah, I shouldn't just ghost you via text. I'm wrong for that. Next, do hold yourself accountable once you put boundaries in place. This is the hardest one for me. So anyway, to rectify the fact that it's my worst habit, (laughs) I live and die by my memos app on my phone. So for me, it's saying like, I am setting X boundary in place with X person because A, if I don't, X will happen and B, because I want my life to be filled with blank. You know, there. I think there's some friends I've had. I, you know, I had to like reestablish. Not. I don't want to call it boundary setting. I just think. And maybe this was a whole other episode, but I'm sure it is. (laughs) I can go into friendships over eager because I really want to be fair. I don't want to say I. I just give so much, which is true. But I also think some of that is I'm craving for people in my life to serve a very specific need that likely I just need to work on in myself so Like, one thing I I worked on in my 20s, especially my mid-20s, was needing to feel needed. And so I would overextend myself. And I had to be the first, like, if somebody was having a baby shower, well, I'm going to be the first person there. And I'm going to be the person who helped you put it together. And I'm going to be the person to give you the best gift. And I'm going to be the person that you, like, talk to, even though I don't have a kid, about your baby. Because, like, I needed to feel needed. And with that came a lot of... Really poor expectation setting on my behalf because I expected people to drop everything for me or to go above and beyond when it was my turn to celebrate a life moment. And while I think I can look at things and still feel like, hey, I was still, you know, right to feel hurt by this or that, I can also look back because of therapy and know that the reason I have such high expectations and the reason I was getting so disappointed was because I didn't have clear expectations with friends or I had a different idea of boundary setting or I wasn't communicating my wants, desires, needs, dislikes, and friendships. So anyhow, I think I had to reevaluate the way I was communicating with people. So it was almost like boundary setting with myself. So I was like, okay, I can't call this person every day because you know what? She has a fucking life and she's not going to pick up and you keep getting disappointed or I can't keep sending this person like really extravagant birthday gifts because it's not their job to fill the void in my heart. And um, tangent, just to say... I keep something in my memos of like, hey, the reason that you set expectations is to curb disappointment. The reason that you only talk to this person X amount of times a week is to curb expectation (laughs) and not get so butthurt. But anyhow, so don't, don't give up. If you get pushback. So setting a boundary rarely comes without adverse side effects. You know, you're going to get some some feedback. Like I said, my mom was like, what the fuck? I should be able to call you anytime I want. Again, (laughs) you almost always, especially I feel like with families of color, are not always going to get the full house montage moment. You know, they might push back and then you're over there getting your Michelle Tanner on. Like, how rude. How rude. But poor feedback isn't a sign that you're wrong. It's a sign that you're working towards growth and improvement. One thing I'm really guilty of is thinking, well shit, if this person didn't agree with me right away or if this person doesn't immediately see my point of view, that must mean I'm wrong. No, 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 no. I mean, listen, sometimes, yeah, sure, maybe. But it could also be that person isn't expressing empathy or sympathy. It could also be that that person is in their own ego that person could be a narcissist. The list goes on and on. And that is not to take you off the hook of your own responsibilities or to erase your commitment to making a relationship healthy and thriving. But I also don't think that conflict is always a sign that you're wrong or that you were wrong to set a boundary. Again, it's a sign that you're working towards growth and improvement. And yeah. That road to growth and improvement is going to have its speed bumps and you you will get things wrong, but don't always take external feedback as a sign of whether or not you are headed in the right direction. Don't. Base your boundaries on someone else's comfort level. So my worst habit and mistake is adjusting what I need based on what others feel or how I think others will feel. If I'm not engaging with a family member more than X times per week or year because it's healthy for me, but uncomfortable for them, I still have an obligation to myself to prioritize my health over their comfortability. And even saying that out loud, it's so tough. But truly when I'm, I'm like thinking of the hierarchy of needs and if we kind of do the same thing with boundary setting, your comfort, your mental health, gets to trump other people's comfort levels. Because bitch, what is the comfort level you have with yourself? No, real talk. And then don't. Don't allow someone's gaslighting to make you question yourself or your boundaries. So that kind of is to piggyback off of some of the other tips I gave. I'll likely do like a whole episode on gaslighting, but don't allow somebody's gaslighting AKA allowing you to think your reality is invalid or false or completely made up. Don't allow that to question yourself or your boundaries. All right, guys, I hope this helped setting boundaries with Black parents. My advice going into this week is to ask yourself this question. Am I aligned? And are my core values in alignment with the relationships I have in my life? Sure, this episode was really about parents, but again, I know some of us have lost our parents or we are completely estranged and have no intention of looking back. But I think that question can be applied to every relationship we're having, whether it's friendships, spouses, siblings, coworkers, Is this relationship aligned with me and my core values? And if the answer is no, I would love for you to take one minute, get out, you know, your voice memo or maybe a pen and paper and explain to yourself then why you are still in it. And that is not to say that I, you know, you drop the pen, mic drop, and you're like, okay, I'm out of this relationship. Life is obviously far more complicated than that. But is it because you haven't been communicating? your needs? Is it because you didn't set realistic expectations? Was there deception on your part or their part? I think those things can start to uncover Maybe some cracks in a foundation. And that is the only way to like really move forward is to know what is holding you back. So with that, if you thought this was great, I would love it if you left a five-star review. That always helps. Um, but more importantly, please share this, especially if you can think of somebody who maybe just has a complicated relationship with their parents and or is trying to get you a healthier place with their parents. And if you want to keep the conversation going, send me a DM, agree with me, disagree with me, welcome it all. My Instagram for this podcast is forablackgirl.podcast and my personal podcast is at Jasmine Reed Clark, Jasmine with a Z. Now, with all of that, guys, uh, I hope you're staying safe and healthy and I will talk to you next week. Bye!